God bless you all. Democracy. Thank you. that elderly man pretending to be president. Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's September 2nd, 2022, and I'm back in business, baby. Uh, Hopefully you got to see at least a portion of my Back on the Grid show yesterday, which we shot at the brand spanking new local studios here in Miami uh, with my friend, And, uh, well, we'll get to a little of this later, but sort of mentor Larry Elder. Uh, He brought me back and uh, surprise, surprise, not much great stuff happened. The endless slide into lunacy continued. Uh, But here I am. We're back in business. We've got a new home set. As you can see, we wanted something a little lighter and brighter to convey the joy and beacon of freedom that is Florida. Uh, I think uh, we're digging it. I hope you're digging it. We'll, We'll check in the comments to see what you think. Uh, and, uh, oh, by the way, as long as I mentioned the locals studio, we do know the lighting was a little dark for the first show. We are going to uh, fix that, make a couple other adjustments. And it's very cool actually, because, you know, I just had this idea a few years ago to build something that would compete with Patreon. That's what locals became. We merged with rumble and now we've got offices for not just for me studios and offices, uh, but for all sorts of other creators that are on the platforms. And we really are building those alternative pipes. Uh, before I get to the to the meat of what we're doing here today, just want to say uh, thank you for uh, sticking with us while I was gone throughout August. You know, we put up a bunch of clips. We did all these pre-taped, like, here's some banana stuff that happened. So I'm just catching up on a lot of the nonsense that I missed. But I really did not hear anything in August about COVID, about Biden, about Ukraine, about any of this stuff. Uh, mostly, it was diapers and butt paste, as I said to Larry yesterday. Uh, Justin is here. He is downstairs right now. We will see how the soundproofing of this studio is if he starts crying. But, uh, but life is good, and I really do feel a, a sort of renewed desire or not even desire. I feel a renewed push. I would say, to, uh, to save the world. And as I often say, I have nothing better to do than save the world. So that's what we're going to keep doing around here. Uh, and today's show is going to be a little, bit, uh, a little bit of a look back and uh, touching on some of the stuff that I missed. A lot of you were wondering why we didn't cover the, uh, the big Sam Harris brouhaha yesterday, which I guess happened a couple weeks ago. Sam on a podcast said some strange things. But I wanted a little time. Uh, well, actually, I didn't know about it. Obviously, Phoenix, who was setting up our show, Uh, for yesterday, intentionally left it out uh, because obviously Sam and I are or were friends. He didn't want me to just be sprung on something with, with, uh, you know, going live just like that without having a little bit more context. So I was able to see some of the stuff today. So today we're going to kind of go over where I've been, where guys like Sam have been, where guys like Joe Rogan have been, what's really going on in the country right now. And then, of course, we got to that 
that cold open that we did there, uh, Joe Biden just gave another just completely insane speech. And yeah, he doesn't know what he's saying. Uh, but I mean, the optics of that thing were right out of Germany, like circa 1938, like absolutely awful. And the speech was just terrible and uh, just, well, look, he's still president. It was 50-50, honestly, when I left in July, it was really 50-50 whether he'd still be president, but he is still pretending. So we're gonna get to all of that stuff. Oh, and I have a new jacket, how about that? Uh, thanks to Tony, who hooked me up and is probably watching right now. Uh, real quick, guys, let me talk about Bullion Max and then we'll get to it. You know, as inflation surpasses highs not seen in 40 years, the value of the dollar is decreasing with every passing day. You're paying more at the pump, the grocery store for cars and housing. Face it, paper money is worth less. Friends, the timing couldn't be any better for my new sponsor, Bullion Max. Bullion Max is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's a hedge against inflation. It's also security for your family in times of crisis. And here's why I love Bullion Max. They're owned by vets in the precious metal space, offer some of the lowest prices on the internet, and they make it so easy to buy directly from their website. I wanna help you get started, so I worked out a special offer just for you. Get Bullion Max's Silver Starter Kit as a, at, kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com Dave. The kit includes five of the most desirable silver products to invest in, including a silver American Eagle and a silver Australian Kangaroo. The offer is limited to just one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com Dave. And now, back to me. Okay, so Larry Elder brings me back on the grid. I hear about this Mar-a-Lago raid, which sounds like just another extension of the general Trump derangement lunacy of this administration and the entire deep state and the FBI. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Hear about a few other things that happened uh, over the month, but, but sort of in my estimation, actually nothing sort of crazy happened. You know, everyone was saying to me yesterday, oh, you missed so much crazy stuff. And it was like, ah, a lot of it just felt like, no, just kind of the continuation of the sort of slow descent, as I always describe it, the slow descent into lunacy that we're all in. Uh, there was a clip that apparently went viral about two weeks ago. Uh, this is Sam Harris uh, on the uh, Trigonometry Podcast, which I've done the Trigonometry Podcast. I consider those guys uh, friends. They're, they're doing some good stuff over there. It's a British podcast, and they, they do a lot of similar stuff that we do here. Uh, anyway, Sam went on uh, to defend censorship, and getting Trump off Twitter and why we shouldn't care about Hunter Biden's laptop and a whole bunch of other stuff. So this is Sam a couple weeks ago. Listen, I don't care what's in Hunter Biden's. I mean, Hunter Biden, at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had, had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared, right? It's like, it's, there's nothing. First of all, it's Hunter Biden, right? It's not, it's like, it's not Joe Biden, but... Even if Joe, like even the, whatever scope of Joe Biden's corruption is, like if you if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and and understand that he's getting kickbacks from Hunter Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else, right, or China, it is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump is involved in. It's like it's like it's like a firefly to the sun, right? I mean, like there, there's just. It doesn't even it doesn't even stack up against Trump University, right? Trump University as a story is worse than anything that could be in in Hunter Biden's laptop, in my view, right? Now that's not that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the you know the New York Post's 
Twitter account. Like that, that's a, just a conspiracy, that's a left-wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump. Absolutely it was, absolutely, right? But I think it was warranted. Right. And I'm and again, it's a coin toss as to whether or not Sam, I'm sorry. that particular piece. I'm, I'm is, really yeah. sorry. I, I was the one that said we should move yeah, yeah. on, but you've just oh, said yeah. something I really struggle with it. there, which is the you kid, support the, kid, the, kid, the kids in the basement? You no, no. <laughs> fuck yeah. the kids in the basement. I'm interested yeah. in democracy. You're saying you are content with a left-wing conspiracy to prevent somebody being democratically re-elected as president. Well, no, I'm I'm content. Well, so it's but the thing is it's just not left wing, right? So Liz Cheney is not left wing. Right. Liz Cheney is doing everything in her power. conspiracy to prevent somebody no, being democratically it's not like, like, No, but there's nothing, conspiracy, it's not, it, it was a conspiracy out in the open, it does, but it doesn't matter if it was, a, it doesn't matter what part's conspiracy, what part's out in the open. Okay, so there is a lot to unpack there, as Sam would say. So first off, I want to just say something. Sam and I were friends for many years. I'm not really sure if we're friends anymore, to be quite honest with you. And it, it doesn't really matter. And I'm not going to attack him personally here. I'm just simply not going to do that. Uh, seven years ago, this week in 2015, I think this was on September 12th, 2015, we launched the Rubin Report uh, as this show and uh, as an interview show at first. And then ultimately what became this, Sam was my first guest. Um, so he's been an integral part in, I would say, my own political evolution, as many of you know, and I wrote about it, Don't Burn This Book, you know, Sam on real time with Bill Maher when he got into that fight with Ben Affleck, uh, as Sam was calmly talking about the difference between criticizing ideas, in this case, he was talking about ideas about religion versus being bigoted towards people. It was a major wake-up moment for me. It was a major wake-up for, for millions and millions of other people, uh, but our political paths have diverged. Now, I always, always, always go out of my way to not let politics affect friendship. Um, a lot of other people have trouble with that. I find generally speaking, liberals, leftists, whatever, have trouble separating politics and people. I find conservatives, generally speaking, and certainly libertarians, are willing to accept that, oh, people have different feelings about you, and oh, you might have voted this way, and I might have voted this way, and you believe abortion should be this, and I believe abortion should be that, and this is about the death penalty, where liberals, generally speaking, again, seem to have this thing that if you don't fully agree with us, um, we kind of can't be friends with you. So if I, Sam and his wife have been to my house for dinner, our house to dinner, for many, many times. Uh, we've, I've done events with him, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, about six or eight months ago, um, I had sent out a tweet saying to a bunch of my liberal friends, and I was talking about Sam Harris and, and Barry Weiss and Jonathan Haidt, people who have been on the show. I said, hey, you know, maybe now you guys are realizing that you were a little bit off on Trump. I'd love to continue that conversation. Uh, and Sam just unfollowed me on Twitter. So that's, I, I don't mean to make this about me, except there is something bigger here because what you just saw right there, Sam talking there, uh, became a sort of culturally important moment. So let's, as, I, as Sam would say, unpack a little bit of what he said. First off, in essence, he's okay with censorship if the censorship accomplishes what he wants it to accomplish. This is really, really dangerous because basically anyone in power might want to censor people so that they could stay in power. And if you're saying it's okay to get what you want, then anyone else can say it's okay to get what they want. Uh, also, he seems to be completely dismissive of what happened with the Hunter Biden laptop and whether uh, whether what was on the laptop, whether it had to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings in Ukraine, China, et cetera, and that the fact that he was obviously hired 
to do things that he was not qualified for because it was the access to the, to the vice president at the time, now the president, Joe Biden. Um, there's all sorts of things on that laptop, whether they were pictures of him smoking cracker with the prostitutes or whether it was deep business related stuff in emails that you could then blackmail Joe Biden for it. So to completely dismiss it as if it doesn't matter or that Trump has just automatically done something worse is really bizarre. I mean, and this is what Trump derangement syndrome is. It takes relatively clear thinking people and it makes everything that happens in the world can be excused because Donald Trump is worse. So you can actually do anything. You can say I'm for free speech and I'm against censorship, but you can censor if it's going to stop evil Donald Trump. Uh, and then he talks about Trump University. I'm not gonna defend Trump University. I don't really care about Trump University. Trump had Trump vodka, that failed. Trump had casinos that failed, all sorts of stuff. He's a businessman who does things that sometimes succeed and sometimes fail. I'm not even pretending that he's the most moral person in the world or doesn't do some corrupt things. Or He's a New York City builder. You gotta do some freaking corrupt things, obviously. And also he's a politician now and politicians, whether they are Republicans or Democrats or anything else have to do uh, corrupt things, dishonest things, all of that. But the, the broader point is, is the idea of censoring when you think it's okay. And, and that is really, really dangerous. So I can see clearly why two weeks ago or so that really caught the internet on fire because Sam was thought of, I think in many ways, he's in that sort of Bill Maher group of as like sort of one of these like last liberals who's not completely insane. I would say he's one of the people that I would like to kind of move a little bit and go, hey, you know, if you're against the woke stuff and the gender stuff and, you know, all that, well, then you got to kind of come around and realize what time it is, right? Um, but okay, he hasn't quite got there. He did then after some of the brouhaha, he did do on his podcast, I guess, a bit of a clarification of his remarks, although I think it sort of just dug the thing even deeper. I've said on several occasions that I think Donald Trump is a worse person than Osama bin Laden. Now, the statement is obviously meant to get your attention. I get that it's surprising, but it's not meant to be hyperbolic. I can defend every word of a statement like that. What I can't defend are people's misunderstandings and erroneous extrapolations of a statement like that. Okay, so look, I, I don't know that people from what I've seen or the way I'm analyzing it right now are misunderstanding uh, what he said. Um, I also find generally like listening to podcasters who talk in that slow NPR voice, it's very, very hard to listen to. Uh, anyway, I think this is all interesting. Again, not to attack Sam. I think he's mistaken on this thing. Whether we ever break bread again or not is actually irrelevant. But I think he's sort of, this is what's happening. It's sort of similar to the Jon Stewart video uh, that went viral a couple weeks ago. These sort of half non-woke liberals are realizing that none of their policies work, none of it makes sense, and that and that all you have is to fight against this, this imaginary Trump thing, because it's not even the real Trump thing, right? Like Trump, things were a lot better when Trump was president. It's very simple. Uh, it's very obvious, like we all, we all can kind of see that. So what I wanted to do here was show you a little bit of how seven years ago, this very week in 2015, Sam was my first guest, and then you guys know the story when it comes to me, right? I decided to start really seeing where the truth was, seeing what was honest about public policy, that I had been wrong about some things and a bunch more. Uh, and then shortly, uh, right after that, I did that Why I Left the Left video, something that perhaps Sam should take a look at. Do you believe in free speech? 
Do you believe that people should be judged by their character, not their skin color? Do you believe in freedom of religion? If you believe these things, you're probably not a progressive. You might think you're a progressive. I used to think I was. My show, The Rubin Report, was originally part of the Progressive Young Turks network. Progressives struck me as liberals, but louder. Progressives were the nice guys. They looked out for the little guy. They cared about women and minorities. They embraced change. In short, who wouldn't want to be a progressive? I'm a classical liberal, a free thinker. And as much as I don't like to admit it, defending my liberal values has suddenly become a conservative position. So if you think people should be able to say what they think without being punished for it, that people should be judged by their behavior, not their skin color, and that people should be able to live the way that they want to live without government interference, then there's not much left on the left for you. Okay, so I think actually Sam does understand a lot of the concepts there, obviously. Uh, I think he's a little confused as to whether he thinks people should be able to say what they want to say because he did uh, applaud when Jack Dorsey on Twitter booted Donald Trump. We'll get to more on that in just a second. But the reason that I thought this was all interesting for my first show back is because, as I said, seven years ago there we were sitting, I was having a wake up, he was sort of in the, in the center of the thing. And then, and then there was that whole intellectual dark web thing that blew up that many of you were following and there was me and Peterson and Joe Rogan and Sam Harris, obviously, and Majid Nawaz and a whole bunch of other people, but it's, it's sort of crumbled. I don't even know what it was. It wasn't, we didn't have laminated cards. We didn't have a secret hideout or uh, anything like that. Uh, but there was this group of people that were trying to bring some level of sanity, I think, to political discourse. And now we've seen you know, some level of sanity in political discourse completely uh, devolve. Uh, but some of us, I think, have started to go what, to where reality is that we didn't say, oh, we will only define reality by what Donald Trump does and that he is this, uh, you know, this orange Hitler and we must make all our decisions based on what he does or does not do. I would say Jordan Peterson has done a, a great job of that, an absolutely great job of that. You may remember this tweet from Jordan back in March of 22. He said, I wasn't a conservative until liberals kowtowed to the radicals. Now, this is a great point by Jordan that there are virtually no liberals left. There are a couple liberals who are voting for the people who bring in the bad stuff and they don't get there. So, so the question I guess I would pose to Sam uh, is why do you consider yourself a liberal anymore? Or is, is defending free speech not a liberal pos policy position that you hold to anymore? Now, what's also interesting about this, there was another clip that went viral last week that I'm just catching up on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback uh, in the NFL for the Packers, uh, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and they started talking politics and Aaron Rodgers has been very outspoken against COVID vaccines and a whole bunch more. And Rogan seems to be getting to the end of the road. No one who was alive today had ever experienced a true pandemic. And I'm hoping that now that this is over, people are going to you know, recognize that some serious errors were made and not repeat those. That's the best you can get out of it. So what do you tell those people? Vote Republican. <laughs> That's what a lot of them are going to do anyway. Yeah. Congrats, Joe. Can we send Joe like some flowers or chocolate? He seems like a flowers and chocolate guy. Like he's getting there. He has already said that he's, he would vote for DeSantis if DeSantis was to run for president. Now, I don't know that DeSantis is going to, but I suspect that Trump... Uh, that Rogan would support Trump this time if, if that 
is how it goes, or he probably will support whoever the Republican is. But Joe, you have to remember, this is a guy who four years ago was a Bernie Sanders supporter. So now there's the road, and you're starting to realize that some of your stuff is wrong and it doesn't make sense. And if you're Joe Rogan, you're a Bernie Sanders guy, right? So now you're for high taxes, you're for all these government programs, and if just these people had the power, they could do more properly and all that stuff. It's, it's just a sort of immature way of thinking, okay, fine, you're watching this show, you've probably evolved out of it yourself. Uh, but what does Joe Rogan do? In the midst of the pandemic and when he signs this crazy, what is probably like a $300 million deal all in with Spotify, he gets out of California because he realizes he's about to give California $30 million roughly uh, in state income tax. So the rubber met the road with Joe Rogan. He left California and he went to Texas. And now in the roughly year and a half or so that he's been in Texas, he is now talking about voting for Ron DeSantis to be president of the United States. He is telling people to vote for Republicans. This is not a traditional Republican or conservative. I am fairly certain that was the smoke of marijuana that was coming up during that interview there. He smokes weed, he does ayahuasca, he eats mushrooms, he's into the MMA stuff. This is not the typical stodgy, old school conservative that we think of, but that's been the new alignment that I've been trying to show you guys for a long time. So whether Joe Rogan and I agree on everything or disagree on everything or whatever, or whether he is exactly where I'm at or not, um, I think it's reflective of a lot of Americans who are realizing that the big tech stuff, the censorship stuff, the Trump derangement stuff, the obsession, the January 6th hearings, this has all been endless nonsense. The Mar-a-Lago stuff, it's all endless nonsense and we have to do better. It doesn't mean Republicans are great, but they're a little bit better than the Democrats. Uh, so why are a whole bunch of us sort of now on the scary right? Well, we'll get to that in just one second, but you might want to put on your relief band for that segment because I'm going to be showing you Joe Biden. Uh, and as you know, uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats, they are making policy decisions that are making us all nauseous. Did you know that one out of three Americans regularly suffer from nausea? But there's a solution. You've got to check out relief band. Relief band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. It's like the name says, it's legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to relieve you from nausea and anxiety, and you change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. Plus, the product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed, and they just released their newest model, the Relief Band Sport. So if you're finally taking that summer trip or just nauseous from everything going on in the world, I've got good news. You can join over 100,000 Relief Band users with an exclusive offer just for my listeners. Go to reliefband.com, use promo code Ruben, and you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. So head on over to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com, use promo code Ruben, get 20% off plus free shipping. And now back to me. Okay, so let's continue a little bit more with what we're doing here on this first show back on the grid. That's a summation of my life's work in many ways. So why is it that a guy like Joe Rogan is getting to the end of the road and telling people to vote for Republican, even though if you were to just check all the boxes, this guy is not a generic Republican. And Joe Rogan 
whether you think he's a silly MMA guy or not, or whether you like weed or psychedelics or not, he has hundreds of millions of people that listen to him every month. He is by far the most influential public figure in America right now, by far. It's not even close in terms of the amount of content he puts out and the amount of people who are listening to his thoughts. And he's now, again, going from, in essence, supporting the socialist to now realizing that you have to defend freedom. So why is this happening to him? Well, it's not just that I think he's having a wake up and realizing, hey, I don't like paying those taxes and they're the ones that locked us down and a whole bunch more. It's also that the Democrats rhetoric and Biden, Joe Biden specifically, the rhetoric has gone completely insane. So Joe Biden gave this speech last night. And if you have not seen any of the video or the image of, images of this, it's dystopian. It's right out of Star Wars Palpatine. It's right out of Germany, 1937. Uh, the, the optics of this thing are absolutely horrible. Biden, again, he's just reading. He doesn't know what he's saying. He can't regulate his emotions, all of that stuff. Well, we got two clips for you here and, and just watch the juxtaposition of what Biden does here. First, um, we should be united. I believe America is at an inflection point. One of those moments that determine the shape of everything that's to come after. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. All right, so he seems kind of angry while he's telling us about unity and all that good, you know, flowery stuff. Uh, then moments later, uh, he did this. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. So it's just so extraordinary what he does. And again, it's not coming from him. So it's whoever the speechwriter is and it's whoever the entire, whoever's entire in charge of the entire event. We're going to make him look evil. We're going to have the two soldiers behind him and the red. And it all just looked Nazi-ish and evil. And it's by design, guys. It really is by design. No, it's by design. I get these people are incompetent, but they're not that incompetent. They know what they're doing. So in this speech, first he's telling us about hope and we have to be less divisive and we have to look forward, not backward. Okay, always twirling, twirling. That's a Simpsons reference for some of you. Um, then a minute later, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, you know, basically saying that they're terrorists. And it's like, uh, you do know that's about 74 million people by your math on the election, right? That's 74 million people you're saying are in essence evil. Um, I don't think that's gonna go that well with those 74 million people. And these aren't mistakes. This is by design. That is in a speech by design to purposely confuse and conflate everybody and sort of make it sound like he wants unity while he's also throwing half the country under the bus. And uh, this is not the first time that he's done this. This, I think, was from about a week ago. Again, I'm getting caught up on all of this stuff. Uh, when uh, he defended himself after calling MAGA Republicans semi-fascist. What do you mean by semi-fascism, you know what I mean. Senator Lindsey Graham said last night there would be riots in the street if former President Trump is prosecuted for taking classified government documents to Mar-a-Lago. What is the White House response to that? So, um, we have, you know, we have seen MAGA Republicans attack our democracy. 
we have seen MAGA Republicans take away our rights, uh, make threats of violence, uh, including this weekend. And that is uh, what the president was referring to uh, when you all asked me uh, last week about the semi-fascism comment. So if I can link this back to a little bit of where we started with the Sam Harris stuff, the point here is, is that sort of like Sam Harris, they're now saying the quiet part out loud. They are okay uh, silencing people, whether it's through big tech or whatever means they see fit. They are okay using the FBI to investigate the former president or whether they want to hire, I'm told, 87,000 new IRS agents to look into your finances so that the government can take more of your money. Armed agents, by the way, they're saying all the quiet things out loud. They call you fascist. They call Donald Trump fascist. The idea that he would use the power of the state and, and corporations to crack down on people while they're the ones who are doing it. They were the ones who used the levers of the state to influence corporations during COVID to fire the very people who earlier were deemed the essential workers, firing nurses who wanted to, my body, my choice. Everything, everything they say is a lie. You, and you, when you know it, it frees you. It absolutely frees you. Uh, so we just showed, I hadn't seen her in about a month, that was uh, black lesbian press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre. And then she said something even more insane. Uh, this is just from yesterday. I mean, this one is really, really wild. And, and well, I'm not gonna tee up any further than to say, does this sound like uh, true freedom to you or mob rule? Again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. I mean, if she believes that, she, there's so much history that this woman needs to learn, but that, that is what these people think. If most people believe something is right and true, then it must be right and true. And if you do not, you are the radical. You are the extremist. I mean, that is mob rule on steroids. That is how all of the awful movements of history, that is how pogroms and holocausts and all sorts of horrible things happen. A majority starts getting drunk on power, starts following a bad leader, and then is willing to do all sorts of bad things to the minority. The, uh, you know, you could have a group of 20 people, and just because 19 people say that two plus two equals five, it doesn't mean that the one guy who says two plus two is four is the extremist. I mean, this is just absolutely extraordinary, but again, it, it fits. Doesn't this all sort of fit like a puzzle into everything that's been going on here? for quite some time. So, so what does this all kind of lead us to? Because now we are in the fall, it is September, and that means we are basically two months away from these midterm elections. And yes, it does, at least at the moment, look like there's gonna be this massive red wave. And that's partly why Biden is using the scary imagery and this MAGA Republican, and uh, it's partly why he's doing that because they, all they've got is they need people to be fearful, whether it's fearful of the, the MAGA extremists, or whether it's fearful of COVID or monkeypox or something else, all they have left is that you will need us because you will be afraid, okay? We're also about nine months away from the Republican primary season now, so a bunch of Republicans are gonna get in on the, the presidential stage and we'll see how that thing fights out, and I hope that it's a robust fight. Uh, but again, all of this leads to that we have, the, we have a really bizarre two months in front of us right now because 
The Biden administration clearly is out of control. IRS agents everywhere are going to investigate Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, all half the country are terrorists and an election on the horizon. So what do we do about that? Because you know I like to give you solutions. Uh, real quick, let me talk to you guys about real estate agents I trust. Uh, you guys know that buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, just like Joe Rogan, who left his home in California and moved to Texas. And it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, which of course is a ton of responsibility. And you need an agent who takes that seriously. That's why I recommend real estate agents I trust. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework, talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one. They only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their teams make the introduction and then follow you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. They work with agents with long track records that are the best sellers in their field. They're part of this audience. Uh, they share your values and they're almost anywhere you want to go. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Give them some basic info. They'll contact you and you will move to Texas or Florida or Tennessee and you will be happy. Okay, so what's next with all of this stuff? Should you and the people around you uh, view Trump as the scariest thing, the MAGA Republicans? Should you use the power of big tech to silence people that you don't like? Should you listen to people who have consistently gotten things wrong? And, and I would basically say Sam Harris at a political level has pretty much gotten everything wrong. If you keep voting for Democrats and keep saying that the very people who are defending the freedoms you purport to care about uh, are the devil, well, then you're getting stuff wrong. So I think that there's a couple things you can do here. I'd say three things. You can go down the path. Uh, and I suspect if you're watching this, you've either gone down the path, maybe you did it before me, maybe you did it with me, maybe you're on that path right now, but you know some people who are figuring this stuff out right now. So they have three options, I think, or, it's a, or I'd say it's a three-pronged process. You can go down the path that, that I've gone down, that Rogan seems to be going down, that Jordan, that Jordan Peterson has gone down, and many people before us went down. Ronald Reagan went down that path, former Democrat, okay? Many people have done that. Then you have to ditch the Sam Harris types. I don't mean that as an attack on him personally, okay? What I mean that uh, is that you have to say goodbye to the people who keep making the same mistakes over and over with politics. You maybe just have, they just have to have a little less influence over your political thinking. He does his mindful meditation thing. If that's giving you inner peace, then spectacular. Uh, and then third, I would say you have to pers uh, persuade say the Bill Mars or even the Joe Rogans, even more. We have to be more forward in what we are doing. We have to be more confident in the arguments that we're making. And we have to be willing to get into that fight when they will have that fight with us. Now, often they don't want to have that fight because we're a bunch of mean Nazis, but we have to be able to defend what we believe and, and, and build better things. So look, when, uh, when Sam Harris, to now bring us back to where we started, uh, when, when Donald Trump was kicked off of Twitter, uh, Sam Harris sent out uh, this tweet. I think we have the tweet. Uh, he said, there's an important debate to have about the wisdom of kicking Trump off Twitter. I still believe that it should have happened years ago and that we've paid a terrible price for the delay. But for the moment, all I want to say is thanks, Jack. So look, the point is when I say people that have got things wrong all along, Sam has been for censorship. And again, I don't mean this to be a dick. And Sam, if you're watching this video, I've enjoyed the many times that you and your wife have come to our house for dinner. Um, I'm not the one that 
that unfollowed you on Twitter. Well, I did after you unfollowed me. So I don't mean to make this like a personal bickering nonsense, but I'm trying to say is there's a track record here of him being for censorship. Even Jack Dorsey now has sort of, now that he's not in charge of Twitter anymore, has sort of backtracked and sort of been like, maybe we shouldn't have gotten rid of Trump. And everyone knows. You know, one of Sam's main lines over the years has been sunlight is the best disinfectant, that you want to allow people to say things so that you can see it, so that you can counter it. But he's been getting this stuff wrong for quite some time. I actually responded to that tweet, uh, and I don't think I was being a dick, actually, a little glib, perhaps. I said, don't worry, Sam, I'll still stand up for you when they take you out. Just kidding, I'll be taken out first, but I'm sure someone will be around. And of course, that's always what it is, right? If you don't stand up when people, whether you think they are justly or unjustly, are being censored and canceled and disappeared and unpersoned, well, then eventually they will come for you. And it's why one of the reasons I said, one of the few, I think, sort of mistakes that I made over the last couple of years was that when they booted Alex Jones from everything, whether I, I've literally, I kid you not, I have never watched even five cumulative minutes of Alex Jones. Um, I've seen a lot of the screaming videos and some of the silly stuff and some of the obnoxious stuff and whatever. Uh, but I think perhaps I should have offered more of a defense because of course it was not going to stop with him. So then what we also have to do, of course, is not, is say, we have to sort of say goodbye to a certain set of people that are just kind of getting the things wrong. But then for the people that are really getting there, and Rogan seems to have gotten there, basically, and for Marr, who's on the way, and I'm doing Bill Marr's show, I'm going to LA on uh, September 21st, September 21st, and I'm doing his podcast two hours, uh, hopefully unedited, and we'll get to talk about as much of this as he wants to talk about. We got to keep pushing them. Uh, and speaking of pushing them, Larry Elder, who brought me back on the grid yesterday, he referenced uh, an interview that he did with Bill Maher on his show in 2013. This is Larry Elder's radio show uh, about nine years ago when he got into it a little bit with Bill Maher over what is a libertarian and can Bill call himself a libertarian. And they have a somewhat respectful, it gets a little tense, but somewhat respectful conversation about it. And this is what I mean about defending what you believe, saying it honestly and clearly. Here's Larry Elder and Bill Maher nine years ago. I have a request, and I, and I mean it, Bill, with all due sincerity. You and I have seen each other around town a little bit. Uh, I've always liked you personally. Um, please tell me why you, can, why you insist on calling yourself a libertarian when you are in favor of affirmative action, you are in favor of gun control, you've constantly railed against Ronald Reagan and George Bush for tax cuts against the rich, uh, you op uh, oppose uh, airline deregulation, you oppose power deregulation, and for crying out loud, you voted for Ralph Nader, and most libertarians I know would sooner vote for Rasputin than Ralph Nader. Please stop calling yourself a libertarian. You know, it's always amused me, uh, Larry, that every other political party is allowed to have a big tent, mm -hmm. but the libertarians, who you can't even define, most people wouldn't even uh, on the street tell you what the word means, we all have to march in lockstep behind Bill, who, certain, Larry certain Elder. Things, certain things are not negotiable. You support minimum oh, wage. You support affirmative action. These are not negotiable. There's a Libertarian Party platform. You can go online and read it, libertarianparty.org. There's a Republican Party platform that plenty of people vote Republican and don't believe half of it. That's what politics there, is in there, America. There are, core, there are core values that you have to have as a libertarian, and one of them is yeah, adherence well, to, to Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution, and the things that you want, especially gun control, affirmative action, are absolutely inconsistent with that. You are not a libertarian, Bill. You're a progressive or a liberal. I don't know what you are, but you're not a libertarian. Okay, so it gets a little heated there at the end, and so be it. Uh, but the reason I wanted to show you that is because nine years ago, Larry Elder was trying to sort of show Bill Maher, hey, you know, in essence, he's saying, hey, 
you don't seem to love the government, right? Because you want to smoke weed, you want to live life however you want to live it, you want to say whatever you want to say and not fear the government is going to come get you and all of those things. Um, and so why do you call yourself a libertarian? Now, Bill actually makes a good point that you should have big tents across the board that I believe, right? Like, what am I, what am I trying to do right now? What have I been trying to do for the last two years at this point? It's that I believe that the Republicans can be a really big wide tent that are gonna have more of the social libertarian, say people like me, and then can you fit that with the religious conservatives? This is, this is tough stuff that has to get worked out, okay? So Bill, to that extent, I think he's right. Like you can, you can have libertarian beliefs and does that fit within a libertarian party? Okay, there's something to be said there. But then Larry counters that with, well, wait a minute. Just in, in essence, what he's saying is, hey, well, just because you want to smoke weed, uh, you can't be for high taxes. You can't be for a lot of the other big government stuff that you seemingly are for and against the people who come in and, and fix a lot of that stuff. But the reason I showed you that clip uh, because is because Larry, who brought me back on yesterday, Larry had an awful lot to do with my awakening, which you know about. So that video that we showed you earlier of why I left the left, that's been seen, uh, Phoenix just told me, 30 million times on the PragerU website, 30 million times. So it's probably been seen many more times than that. So that's a lot of people who are seeing something and hopefully start going on their adventure. Well, this, uh, we're just gonna show you a portion of my first interview with Larry Elder. Many of you have seen it times, time and time again, and many of you have told me in real life, this is the thing that woke you up to. This was Larry defending what he believes, saying what he believes calmly, factually, uh, and decently. And guess what? It got me going down that road that Rogan seems to be going down right now, that Bill Maher is begrudgingly going down a little bit, and that I think Sam Harris, unfortunately, doesn't seem to be getting to, but take a look. You wouldn't not acknowledge that there are some systemic issues. Give, give me an example. G tell me what you think the most systemic racist issue is. What is it? Well, I would say that because black people, in most cases, in many cases, were descendants of slaves, that racism as, a, as an institution, that it just, a certain amount of it just exists. In 2015? I, it, it, give me the most blatant racist example you can come up with right now. Um, I think you could probably find evidence that, in general, cops you're, you're are, that, that cops are more willing to shoot if the uh, perpetrator is black What's your data than for, white. What's your basis for saying that? Last year- the, Well, look, I know a lot of people would say, look what's going on in Chicago. I, I, right? I know what they would say. Yeah. I'm talking about what the facts are. 965 people were shot by cops last, uh, last year and killed. 4% of them were white cops shooting unarmed blacks. In, in Chicago in 2011, 21 people were shot and killed by cops. Uh, in 2015, there were seven. Uh, in Chicago, which is a third black, a third white, and a third Hispanic, 70% of the homicides are black on black. Uh, about 40 per month, almost 500 uh, in the year, per year last year in Chicago, and 75% of them are unsolved. Where is the Black Lives Matter on that? The idea that a racist white cop uh, and shooting unarmed black people is a peril to black people is BS. It's yeah. complete and total BS. So if you know what you're talking about and you say it plainly, and clearly, and then you've got somebody on the other side who maybe is willing to listen. And I guess that was me at that point. That was about six years ago. Uh, you might really get there with people. And that is at least partly how we'll fix this country at the political level. But there are some other ways we can fix this country. And uh, since I already played you my first PragerU video from about seven years ago, uh, here's my last one from uh, just a few months ago. Are we just gonna give up on the greatest country in the history of the world? Or are we going to fight for freedom and a thriving future? They always tell us that we're at a once-in-a-lifetime pivotal moment. But this time, they're actually right. 
You know it. I know it. You know that I know it. I know that you know it. And they know we all know it. So what are we going to do about it? Well, I've got a few ideas. First off, be an individualist. The American Heritage Dictionary defines an individualist as one that asserts individuality by independence of thought and action. The left demands that you be part of the collective, a hive mind where everyone thinks the same. Anyone outside the hive mind must be shouted down, harassed, or canceled. Is that the world you want to be part of? How about this instead? Be an individualist. Be a member of a family. Be part of a community. You know what that sounds like to me? America. Dare I say I'm following my own advice. Be an individualist. Well, you got that part with me. Uh, be a member of a family. I just extended my family and be part of a community. We just opened up some offices right here in Miami and we're supporting local businesses. Uh, so look, guys, I think the theme of this comeback show has been there is a path. You can see it. Hopefully you're on it. And hopefully you can get other people to join you on the adventure. And then we can all get to the promised land together. And the ridiculous speeches by Joe Biden or the confused ideas of censorship uh, by Sam Harris, uh, they'll all sort of be things in the past. And we will have the widest tent of freedom-loving Americans that this country has ever seen. I honestly believe that we can get there. Maybe that's a little bit of the endorphins of being off the grid for a month, or it's just freaking reality. I actually think it's maybe a little bit of both. Uh, all right, we can't do any locals questions today because I got to get to the to the local studio right now because I'm interviewing um, who? By where? I'm interviewing Jared Kushner. Man, it's been crazy coming back. Uh, so we're doing that live uh, in about an hour. So I do got to bolt right now. Uh, but stick around for a cold close, and we'll get to questions and everything else uh, when we get back next week. And uh, it's just good to be back, everybody. So I hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great summer. And uh, here's a little a little outro cold close for you. I would, I would get much more engaged in the world. We can't step back. If, in fact, for example, we solve the problem in the United States of America and you don't solve it in other parts of the world, you know what's going to happen. We're going to have, you're going to have travel bans. You're going to not be able to do, have, have economic intercourse around the world. There's a lot. Look, when America goes alone, when, when America is first, it's America alone. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.